Good morning, afternoon, evening, night, wherever you are. Um, welcome back to another episode of the Artwork Podcast. Talking about a whole bunch of stuff today, all centered around the topic of collaboration. And we've got five fantastic contributors on this episode who are giving you their thoughts, their experiences, some stories. It's a real productive episode, and I think you'll get a lot of tips out of this if you're looking to work more collaboratively in the future or you're just interested in how it goes down. We recorded this in the Express Studios once again, so thank you to those guys for letting us in. Um, this is potentially the last episode of the year, but there will be one coming very soon afterwards in the next in the next decade. Um, so no real break, really. We're going to be working in the next episode, which we talk about a bit, actually, in one of these questions. It just links in. just happens to. Yeah, last show of the year, probably. Hope you've been enjoying it so far. It's been been a whirlwind started it in spring I, mean, I say it's been a whirlwind we've done four episodes i've been thinking about it a lot more than just those four episodes um specifically so i've been thinking back to the aims of like when i started the podcast and the main shtick i was going with was demystifying creativity and um democratizing self-expression those are the kind of quotes I used whenever I was advertising it on my social media and all that and just telling people generally but demystifying I don't know how much of that we've done there's actually a quote I wanted to read from uh, so I saw it on Instagram full disclosure but it's from Patty Smith's autobiography biography I'm not sure which but yeah it's a great quote and it kind of summarizes what I've been thinking about this the artist seeks contact with their intuitive sense of the gods. But in order to create their work, they cannot stay in this seductive and incorporeal realm. They must return to the material world in order to do their work. It's the artist's responsibility to balance mystical communication and the labor of creation. So I came across that quote as a, an old screenshot I'd taken on my phone and it reframed the way I thought about the whole effort that this podcast has been because demystifying creativity is a kind of defunct thing I feel like we've got to reshift what the focus is because like Patty says there's a there's a mystical element to creation creativity and it's unable to be spoken of so what we can do instead is not try and speak about it try and cheapen it with words that don't do it justice but to get to the limits of what we can talk about within the labor of creation. And I think that that once you reach the limits of what you can talk about, what can't be talked about has been expressed by your silence. And that's a whole idea that I've nicked from Wittgenstein. I think he'd be happy for us to be employing it, but I think it's useful for me anyway. I don't know how enjoyable this has been to listen to, but for me, considering this podcast, it's reframed how I'm thinking about it and I think to just make kind of nudges and intimations at the mystical side and what can't be said is enough as long as we can talk about the labour of creation and that is so useful and the practicalities of that stuff is so useful like giving people who listen the tools to conduct their own labour and then through that labour you find that access to the mystical side of it and I hope I'm not sounding completely mad and this makes sense to some of you. Let me know, please. <laughs>
anyway with that out of the way um couple housekeeping things i love saying housekeeping it makes me feel like a real podcaster um we've got a tip jar again on the description to this so if you feel like giving us a tip we're now paying for hosting on pinecast if you can spare 50p quid chuck it our way that would be splendid and um would pay for our subscription costs for this month and the next and we'd roll it over continuously otherwise i think that's it for intro blabber so i'll let you get on to the rest of the episode um this one's hosted by myself and louisa louisa is a photographer writer and currently the deputy editor at quench magazine you can find all of her work in the description notes um below the episode as will be the case for all the contributors you can also find um further links to their stuff on our website artwork at work.art.blog my name is rowan i'm a musician um photographer writer of sorts basically i put everything into my musical project azir with which i put out an ep last month so those are your two hosts and here's the episode artwork episode four collaboration So welcome back to Artwork. This is episode four, and today we're going to be talking about collaboration. And we've got five contributors on the show today, starting with Almas Badat, who um, joined us for the first episode, um, Beginnings, and is back for this episode. She is a filmmaker, uh, DJ, photographer, writer as well, all sorts. She gets a lot done. And um a lot of work to see on our Instagram, which will be linked in the show notes. Next up, we have Campbell, who is a musician, recently did a project called Connor for John, which included a live event in a church, which looked and sounded fantastic. Campbell um, been making music for a long time, and he's also um, a biochemist, if I'm correct. So yeah, gives us both of those perspectives on the show after our yeah. plea for scientists in the last show which continues to this day. If you're a scientist and you're listening or you have any experience in that sort of stuff, then get involved. Um, Louis Edwards next. Um, he is a designer, primarily a designer, and um, he works at Leeds Art University, actually publishing, um, editing even, their magazine with Ben Cobb. And yeah, they're a duo, so he talks a lot about that collaboration in this episode. After that, we have Monroe Page, who is person known between both me and Louisa, um, produced both of our shows in first year, we found out last time. Yeah, a writer at Sour House Music. He's actually coming up to release all of his end-of-year lists, so check out his website for that. Link to that will be in the description also. And finally, Louisa. Yeah, so we got a new addition. Um, and yeah. Well, uh, I invited him to this podcast after meeting up with him two weeks ago. His name is William Morgan, and he's a photographer. He studied photography in USW. Uh, we actually met through an exhibition that we had last summer. And he focuses on architectural and inter- interior photography. So, yeah, that's all five. Um, which I think, is that a record? We had five before? Yeah, we were actually panicking because we, yeah. we didn't get a lot of um, mm. responses at the beginning. And then Rowan sent another email, and then we Reminder. got... It's classic classic creative types have to be reminded i'm the same (laughs) so i don't blame anyone and we're super grateful for all the people yeah five on this episode is great i'm also i want to say that i'm reassured sometimes when people don't send in because i'm like you don't always have to be 
analyzing and dissecting yeah. your process in words and that can be quite draining to do sometimes yeah and i think some people can add stuff into specific topics more than others so it's completely okay for us if if anyone listening wants to contribute feel free to just contribute for exactly. whatever you're interested in yeah we want to keep it as kind of free-flowing as possible and so never apologize if you miss an episode and yeah we're just happy to have you when you want to be on so we'll get into the topic of today collaboration so our first question was what has been your favorite collaborative experience yeah i'm um, pretty pretty short and simple just wanted to start off people talking about like something positive they've done something they enjoyed and um yeah get people thinking about what collaborative projects do for them so this was almas badat My favourite collaborative experience was working with Alexander London on his uh, debut music video, Talking Drum. It was a beautiful process that required efforts from myself as a director, Toby, the DOP, um, which meant he was camera operating, and Alexander himself, as well as the producers. We were on a very tight budget, um, although it was more of a dedicated budget than I had ever worked with. It meant that on a level of collaboration, we were really using all of our resources. And to be quite honest with you, I'd never ever seen such a beautiful project come together in such a succinct way. Um, even after the video was done, Joss, Alexander's manager, managed to get um, the video premiered with Boiler Room and then released on Vivo. We had lots of support from Mixcloud and various other people and it really meant went to show just how important everyone's different skills are. I think as a director, I'm always seeking to work with clients that are collaborative because I am essentially taking an element of what someone else wants and trying to really work with the person to, to, to nail a visual or a concept and translate that into film. I actively seek for people who aren't threatened by other talent and instead want to get stuck in even deeper. My favourite collaborative experience is probably being in bands in high school. I played in a band called Circus Room Colts and played drums and, and sometimes sang. Often we would just do covers, a lot of little gigs, So it was just a very, very little pressure at all. And I'm, especially if I compare that to now where with Conifer John, the, the project I'm working on, I've been trying to write all the music and record all the music and then organize all the events. Or at least the last event I organized, I did everything. And not having to do everything is, is hugely helpful for um, helping you concentrate on the thing you are trying to do. That was especially evident playing at... Um, G in the Park, which is a festival in my friend's garden that Gabriel Mwosu Hope and Elliot Thompson would put on every year or so. They would do all the managing, they would do all the organizing. You just had to turn up and play, which was a huge relief compared to having to plan your own shows. For me, having worked entirely pretty much on my own before coming to uni, uh, I haven't experienced much collaborative work. I, along with my friend Ben, who is my flatmate and my course mate, And it's called Roseblood on Instagram run Studio Novel. But at the moment, it is more of a so showcase for our individual designs. As with Uniwork, it's quite hard to do collaborative freelance since we're both very much tied up with our own projects. But through this university that I'm at, which is Leeds Arts University, we've been given this opportunity to run for and get elected as the editorial officers, which gives us this opportunity to have quite a sizable budget to create a magazine called Nest, which is the student publication, which last year got in its nice that it got 
nominated for Best Student Magazine of the Year for Stack Awards. So it opens up all these opportunities for someone who is only turning 21 on the 2nd of December to design this very professional magazine with someone who I've worked with before, someone who I can call my best friend, someone who I now live with. So I'm very much looking forward to that collaborative experience. And I'm hoping that will probably be my favourite collaborative experience. But as of right now, I haven't got enough collaborative experiences to say which one could be a favourite, but I've got a lot to look forward to. And follow Ness Magazine on Instagram. My favourite collaborative experience that I've worked on was um, something called the Male Mental Health Show. And it was a a segment on uh, Express Radio's uh, Express Your Mental Health Day, which was one of the last big projects that we did in the 2018-2019 year of Express Radio at Cardiff University. And the show that we did for the Male Mental Health Show was very specifically one that focused on men's experiences and kind of bringing a huge different amount of people together to really talk about the male perspective, basically, of, of mental health and exploring some of the common problems that, that men face, the challenges, the stereotypes, all that kind of stuff, and just being very honest and open about it. And I was really keen to get as many different voices involved in the project. So we brought along, you know, people from all over Express, uh, brought people in from Guy Reef and also from the rest of student of Cardiff Student Media. And what made it so good, I think, was that it was that it was such a such an outright success, basically. I'm blowing my own trumpet here. But you know, the we over over the course of two hours we really opened up and I think we were able to have a really productive discussion on on mental health and the the challenges that men face and doing it in a way that I felt was not in any way patronizing or just you know overly informative you know it's obviously very helpful we did try to provide information but it was also balanced out with people's own experiences and just kind of learning to talk about it and I think everyone that was involved was you know left it feeling very very positive and that's that's what I wanted most of all from it you know for everyone who was involved to kind of have that chance to um talk about it, you know, talk about mental health. And, you know, it, it worked because I think everyone brought so much openness and so much honesty to the table. It felt like everyone had a real vested kind of interest to, to make the most of that time that we had. And, you know, like we, we finished the show and we ended up like just chatting for about like 30, 40 minutes afterwards because it was such a, it was a pretty deep experience, you know. That is definitely why it's my favourite thing because it, it it's left a really big impact on me, and I hope that you know even if it's only affected a few people since it was uh, went out live. You know, I hope that for anyone that has listened to it, they have found something really important in it and found you know something to take away from it. Basically, yeah. So for some reason, when I instantly think of collaboration, I picture like this big group of people having to work together. I don't know if it, I don't know if it's the same for anybody else, but I picture a big group of people working together to create something or to achieve something but in actual fact it could just be one other person it could just be one client that you're working with to create something interesting and bounce ideas off and for me uh, thinking back it would be um, working with Zoe Paul who's an artist from Greece and the gallery and exhibition space called Spike Island in Bristol the client was actually Spike Island but I was working very closely. I was working alongside Zoe Paul, the artist, to make sure that I best represented and presented the project that she's obviously spent so much time on. And it was the first commission that I've had where I've had to work so closely with that artist to create a certain body of work. And I find it really interesting that 
you can be working with people from such different backgrounds. So Zoe Paws, she's had a different education. She's from Greece and it's given proof that you can come from totally different backgrounds and have these different ideas and come together to create something really, really special. So yeah, I find I think that was that was something really, really interesting and something that I'm definitely going to carry on with from here. But also, especially with photography and architectural photography, which is what I focus on, you do spend a lot of time on your own. You are working on your own quite a lot. So to be able to work with somebody else and collaborate with other people is is a really interesting thing and is a totally different experience to have a lot of input or input from other people to create a really interesting piece of work. Okay, so that was our five answers there from Almas, Campbell, Louis, Monroe and William. What did you, what did you think from this? Um, I like what Almas mentioned about working with the... Because it was a music video, uh, the thing that she yeah. worked on. And obviously she was working with the actual musician. So I think that's a completely different dynamic because then it's like almost as if the artist is curating his own music to then create a video, yeah. which I think is really interesting. And it, it is a process that we often like just assume like when, when we see music videos, especially mm. like we're like, oh yeah, it just came came out, you know, like yeah. you don't really think about what had to go into it. And obviously the artists themselves have to become very critical about how they're going to like create a visual yeah, and then version of, of the music that to the director as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. When you see a music video, sometimes it just feels like that's the natural thing for that song to do. To yeah, make that, those images. which I think is a great accomplishment when you actually see a music video exactly. and it feels yeah. like natural. Then it's it's a really well yeah. done video, you know. Yeah, exactly. What William picked up on at the end um, is very true. That we're going to be talking about loads of different dynamics of collaboration, and so. Just, yeah, keep that in mind. Keep in mind what profession these people work in and how that might interact with how they view collaboration. And Because for the people themselves, I think it's a given. So some of them mention it explicitly, but, yeah, just it's interesting to see the different dynamics that are preferred in each profession. Yeah. So directors obviously have to work with people, communicate vision, like, one-to-one, and then they send all these people to film and sound and different elements of it uh, yeah I'm over talking what I don't know about him, but yeah yeah no Lots I think I think it's good that we frame the questions so it's like a bit vague of what we mean by collaboration which I think it was intentional because we want people to be able to interpret yeah. that word however they want yeah. I also uh, thought it was interesting how William said that photography tends to be a personal thing like you, you don't tend to collaborate which I think is, is, is true like me as a photographer um, I, I've i done a couple of collaborative work but it's been mainly just like taking photos together I, I don't know if I would even call it a collaboration because it's just like uh, I used to do it back in Mexico with one of my best friends Florian mm. which I don't know why I haven't invited him to this podcast I should oh, wow. do that <laughs> But um, we just used to, like, take photos of one of our other friends, uh, Sofia and Constanza. We just tell them, like, really? they, they would be our models. And then he would, like, we would t- be taking photos of, of them, but, like, he would have an approach. And then I would have mm. a completely different one. So it would be really fun to, like, see how we would approach the same subject, but yeah. differently. Um, but in general, like, uh, because a lot of my photography is also very urban and, like, just photos of cities and 
geometrical stuff. Yeah. Um, I just go out there and take photos. I don't really work with someone, but it'd be interesting mm. to like try to like get two people yeah. doing that. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be really interesting. Yeah, yeah. we could do it. <laughs> we should do it. <laughs> yeah. I really liked what Alma said about people. She looks at people who aren't threatened by other talent and instead mm. want to get stuck in deeper. I think that can be a really difficult thing to get around. But yeah, that's a, essential to not to not have your kind yeah. of ego on the table. I think a lot of people see collaboration as something not necessarily bad, but they approach it in a skeptical way because obviously in the end, and this is something that's a bit tricky, but when it comes to art, mm. you are kind of competing against other artists in the sense that you want to be creating the better version of whatever yeah. it is you are creating. Okay. So yeah. collaborating means breaking that assumption and mm. being like, no, actually my vision complemented to someone else's vision can be better than mm. just my vision on its own. So I think it is it is a tricky ground to navigate but yeah. I think it should be done and as artists we should force ourselves to try to do it at some point yeah and, and it often makes something better than you could make on your own exactly yeah 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 I would want to pick up as well on Monroe talking about how he had a, a diversity of voices on that um, male mental health show and I think that's a that's an important thing to pick up on for every collaboration that it's useful to have different voices like William said as well people from different places and with different ideas that was interesting how he said that. They had different ideas, but it made something special that mm. they both worked on. So, yeah, diversity of backgrounds and ideas themselves can make new, better ideas. So, question number two is, how have you come across collaborative partners in the past and what draws you to work with these people as collaborators? The first response from this is from Campbell. I've generally just tried to... To, to collaborate with people who are in my orbit, people that are kind of accessible to me. I, I, I don't really seek them out. I just, friends are talented usually and you can find something to collaborate with them on. Um, so in school I would play, again with Elliot Thompson, we'd you know go into the music department and just play a little guitar and a little bass for a while. There's one time I played with Rowan, I stayed over at his house and the next morning we made a little track. Both of those times it was it was collaborating with someone who could do something that I couldn't. So Elliot was playing bass and I was playing guitar, I couldn't play bass. Rowan at the time was doing a lot of good production and making other tracks and I was very, very, very bad at production. So I just did a little bit of guitar noodling and he made it into, into a full track. And because I heard your impassioned plea uh, to scientists in the last episode, I thought I'd mention a little bit of science collaboration I've done because I study chemistry. I did a project a couple of years ago in which I was working with physicists to write this paper about uh, interatomic repulsion. But again, they had different skills from me. They were physicists and also they were really good at coding. So they could code and they could run, uh, design these experiments that I kind of understood theoretically, but they could implement it into practice. But how I, as to how I found them, they were kind of put together because we were we were all wanted to do the same project so we got put together and we just had to find a way to work together my phone is currently placed on top of a cup of tea so i'll try and not drop it but i guess with me the main thing which draws me to a collaborator is like-mindedness uh someone who emphasizes the same aesthetic values as me and has the same outlook on design and has the same passion as me and wants to achieve something individual and bespoke and 
something which can be used and you can be proud of. I mean, I guess that's where the values come for me and Ben, who's called Roseblood on Instagram. That's the values that me and Ben try to embody with novel is because we want to achieve, we want to be proud of what we want to work on and we want to be proud and we want to showcase it, which is why we've got this Instagram studio, which is seems to be the way people are working now, Instagram-based. But another thing I also have to say about collaboration is luckily with Ben is that we are politically like-minded, but I personally would find it quite hard to collaborate with someone who aligns themselves with right-wing ideologies as I am someone who likes to embody inclusivity and intersectionality within my work and I like to do work which gives people a platform and it gives them a reason to do good which is something I'm trying to do with uh, Nest which is the Leeds Arts University student magazine which I recently got elected to after I had to campaign for it and we get given quite a sizable budget and me and Ben together decided that we'd do it on the topic of class as so we could give a platform to people from working class background, mining backgrounds, industry backgrounds, factory backgrounds, and people who have come into the arts industry with less of a platform than quite a sizable amount of the art world and to give them a platform to showcase their heritage and showcase what class means to them. So I guess what draws me to a collaborator in a sense is just they need to be like-minded, both aesthetically and politically. How I tend to come across collaborative partners is usually just through being interested in someone um, so I will see their work or, you know, their kind of their personality, you know, it might be just someone that I'm good friends with that I just kind of want to do something with. Um, and quite often that is what leads to me working on stuff like that. There've been quite a few projects in the past where I've kind of been talking about ideas for something I'm working on, whether it was like a radio project or a writing project or something. And it's ended up then being the case that, um, you know, I kind of find people to work with through that almost, and then in other cases, quite often I'll find, I'll you know come across people or meet them, and I'm suddenly like I you know I really want to do something with you. I really want to just you know it doesn't matter what it is. I just kind of want to like bring your ideas to whatever we end up working on. Quite flexible in that regard. Then um, I'm going to go back to the the male mental health show quickly, just because it's quite a good example. So that was uh, that that came at the end uh, around June time of 2019, and it was the, and it was the last few weeks that, that I was going to be at Express Radio before I was finishing working there, and I really wanted to get a lot of people that I hadn't quite had a chance to work on something quite big with together. Um, so that included uh, someone called Reese Chambers, who was the head of uh, sports at Guy Reith that year. Um, Sam McGregor, who was uh, you know sort of one of one of our one of our better presenters on Express this year, that's for sure, and still you know still there at the moment. He's a fantastic presenter, um, as well lots of other people as well. Um, and you know it was less about doing something specifically to do with that show. Obviously, I think they they definitely I wanted to bring their experiences on mental health definitely to that show because it was so important, and I felt that they would definitely have a lot to add to it, to the topic. But it was also just the case that I wanted to just collaborate with them on something. I really find that it's it's really, really fun when you just bring people together and you just see what you guys come up with. I'm someone who I think, you know, I, I you know if I start talking to someone about, you know, something I'm interested in or something that they're interested in and we end up going from like a tangent and then just going on and on and on, those kind of conversations are things that I really, really like. And I kind of take that same approach with with collaborative stuff. Quite often, I want to collaborate with people simply because I, I just kind of want almost, almost like you know the honor of working with them, you know, or just kind of the the chance to do something with them, and just you know, in some cases, just see where it ends up. You know, I think that there's a lot of lot that can be taken from just kind of being inspired by having people there in the moment and in that time and place, and just seeing what you guys come up with. Less than bringing people on specifically for a certain project and saying this is kind of you know what you're going to add to this is specific to that topic you know i don't quite like that sort of sense of control 
I don't really, I don't really seek or go out to look for collaborations, especially with my work. It's a very individual thing. But I think just by being active and productive, and just being around like-minded people that do similar things to you or have similar interests, um, bring bring around opportunities for for you. So an example for me would be like because somebody knew that I was interested in architectural photography, a fashion promotion student literally just wrote a note on the whiteboard and that got sent to me. And um, I worked with that person to create photographs for um, her publication called Ardent Chapter, which is like a creative guidebook uh, for different cities and locations. Yeah, it just kind of shows that if you're just being active, if people know what you specialise in, then sometimes word of mouth gets around and things come your way but also like if you really find something interesting then just ask to be a part of it like whether it's for experience or anything I think it's important to especially now with the very competitive industry in well in creative arts I guess it's very competitive these days so I think it's really important to be creative in how you approach work and how you find work so and just not to be afraid to get no for an answer and just keep asking around and I think eventually you'll get some interesting work coming in and interesting collaborations. Okay so that was question two and I think the the thread that went through them all was like-mindedness that mm. a couple of people said it explicitly and I think the rest Campbell saying just people in my orbit and Monroe talking about just people you can have a good conversation with. It's it's kind of annoyingly simple answer, just like-mindedness. I thought, yeah, I don't know what I expected to get from that question. But. I think, was it Louis? Someone Louis. brought up about yeah. politics and yeah. political inclinations, and I found that really interesting because I, I never really thought about it, but I think that you're, even without actually actively asking them, like, what is your political inclination? Mm. Personally, I always end up finding people that were really similar in all views and in all perspectives. Yeah. So I don't know if that's the f- the, that fact has to do with the age because I tend to collaborate with people my my age, mm. um, who I guess they are more either left Little, or yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So um, but I think it is it is a interesting thing to bring up because to an extent like. Mm. It'd be really interesting to do a project with someone that you don't agree with, yeah. in in like politically that that could bring up like something completely different. I never thought about it. I guess what they all really um, concluded is that you do need to have some sort of uh, understanding between each other for it to work. So otherwise, it'd be too tricky yeah. to actually work on something. And regarding like how how you come across people, I think a lot of it is just like really like starting off doing your own thing and then mm. I got my first collaborative project by just doing my own photography and then this friend asked me if I could take some photos for her clothes brand and then I met one of the models and one of the models was a musician herself and then she hired me to do her photography work for her album mm. so a lot of it is just like getting out there starting doing something and then you end up finding people and I realized that actually when I was talking to this girl um when we did the first photo shoot, uh, she, uh, we, we, we first like, because we had to go to this place to take the photos. Uh, so we were driving around in her car and then we just started talking about like life and, and mm. me, uh, 
from my past, coming from Mexico, all that. And it was just building that like personal relationship what led us to like be able to express our needs creatively. Yeah. And I do think that it's, that's so necessary to actually develop a personal relationship with the person you're working with because otherwise it just feels too synthetic yeah. and not real. Yeah, so you need a shared understanding of yeah. each other's pasts and also what you want to do next, like mm -hmm. a shared goal. Yeah. I think that was even the case for us. Yeah. Because we went yeah. grab a cup of coffee and then we just ended up talking about politics. Yeah. <laughs> we actually ended yeah, up talking politics, about politics. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I think it, it is so necessary because in the end, if you're making art, you're trying to talk to like the human side yeah. of people and you cannot really get there if you don't know the person you're working with, you mm. know? Yeah, and politics is essential. To that. <laughs> yeah. I think maybe, maybe we like trying to suss each other out. Yeah, <laughs> like, I think I was just... about this. <laughs> we were just talking about the milkshakes. Milkshakes. Yeah, well, oh, it was yeah. it was when people were yeah. throwing milkshakes at politicians. <laughs> we just talked about that. Um, yeah. Oh, man, I miss that time. It seems more friendly. Yeah. Even though it's quite... Anyway, another <laughs> discussion. Worth mentioning that we next episode is going to be about... Oh, yeah. Yeah, about politics. politics so the questions are taken We can for. talk about that more in depth then. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, Louis, hold that thought. And there's... I feel like you've got more to say, so... Yeah. Yeah, the class project sound really good as well. Yeah, that's question two. How do you find collaborators? Next, we're going to do... So question number three is, what do you hope to achieve by working in collaborations as opposed to working alone? Is there anything you have learned from your collaborative work which has helped you when working independently? Okay, so we're starting with Almas with this and then Campbell, Louis, Monroe and William. When I am working in collaboration, I am hoping to achieve um, a higher quality product. I'm hoping to meet someone who can um, challenge me, who can encourage me to up my level as a director I am looking for also someone to um, fill in the gaps where I lack you know I don't have all the skills and I'm looking for someone to say actually well you said you wanted a shot this way why don't you try this or we could probably still achieve you know uh, for example I worked with uh, or I work with a DOP called Toby and he recently took my idea of doing a 360 shot round someone and came up with three different approaches of how to do it and those were three different approaches I hadn't even thought of because that definitely wasn't my skill set you know like he he knew what you would need in order to create that effect but also create that effect in lots of different ways something I've learned from working collaboratively is to listen and to understand that you're choosing to work with that person because they bring value to your project I do find some processes useful when I'm working independently, but usually that's me recognising that I need the think space. I need to foster a, a, an environment where I can thrive first before bringing someone else in and when I'm ready to do that. Well, working with another person or another group of people just allows you access to a whole extra brain's worth of knowledge, especially if they've got different strengths to you. So, for example, working on this chemistry paper I had the kind of intuition the chemical intuition from doing chemistry that the physicist didn't have so I could kind of catch little things that they might not not have known just because they had a completely different area of study physics and chemistry have quite different interpretations of of the world and depending on what you're trying to achieve using the science it might be more appropriate to use a physics perspective or a chemistry perspective sometimes both but you don't know unless you have you know two brains worth of knowledge to draw from
you don't know what you don't know. I guess one thing I've, I have to say about this is that through working collaboratively, I've learned that I'm maybe not the easiest person to work with. But through working, because when I work on my own, I'm used to doing every part of the design process. I do the research, I do the initial ideas, I do the wireframes, and then I do the high-fidelity wireframes all the way up to hand-binding books myself. So when it comes to working in a group and working in a team and collaborating, you have to split the workload. And for me, who is someone who is quite controlling in their design process, this is quite hard to get used to. But last year, on level one of my graphic design course, we did a collaborative eight-person collaboration for a Colors May Vary exhibition, which is a small cafe slash arts space in Leeds. And through that, we had to everyone took a different part of the design process, so I was screen printing it and I was working the layout. So for that, that was quite hard for me to only be in control of two things, and it was quite hard for me not to act control over other people and tell them what to do. So through collaboration, is like what I wanted to achieve was better myself as a designer. When collaborating, what I guess I achieved is how to take a step back and not be so controlling, which I think someone, everyone in the design world needs to be able to do is be able to take a step back and realise that they can't be in control of every single aspect of design. And is there anything you've learned from a collaborative work which has helped you work independently? Always do more than you think you need to. If you think, if you've got one initial idea and you like it, put it to the side and do about six more because one, although it might be good, it's not as thoughtful as you could probably make it and there is probably something which you can learn from another idea to put back into that idea. So yeah, I guess... Always try and be a better designer. Always try and be a better artist. Always do more and always work hard. In terms of what I hope to achieve, it, it quite simply often is, is just more than what I've been able to achieve on my own. There are definitely projects that I work on where I really just want it to just be specifically myself and I don't want to have anyone else involved. Not because I'm being, you know, sort of, I'm, I'm sort of scared of bringing other people's input to it or anything, but it's more that, you know, it might just be like my specific idea and I, I quite like working on that on my own. But then there are some things which I feel like if I don't include someone else's voice, it's not going to really realise its full potential. I did a um, this audio documentary for uh, the, the 30th anniversary of an album called Daydream Nation by Sonic Youth. And it's one of my top three records of all time. And I was doing this audio documentary for Express Radio and I really wanted to make the most of it. And I felt like it needed another voice in there to kind of add on to what I was talking about. And so I brought on a lady called Alice Hewitt, who was my partner for uh, Creative Arts at Express Radio that year. And the conversation that we ended up having about the album, which I recorded and then put onto that, you know, just elevated the whole project to a whole other level that it would not have been able to do if I hadn't brought them on. So, you know, I hope to achieve more than I'm capable of doing, basically, when I bring someone on. And that's quite quite a vague thing but also i think it kind of a, it kind of reflects on how subjective these sort of things are you know obviously each project's very different so you can't kind of i don't think it's really fair to have like a grounding you know there's not not one answer for every project is going to work basically and you know in terms of what i've what i've learned from that that then helps me independently is really to be very mindful of other people's views and to really respect the fact that people do have different opinions and different ideas and that's a really really good thing sometimes and so quite often in the stuff that I do then work on my own I am more keen to kind of 
sometimes leave what I'm saying or what I'm doing a bit more open to interpretation, for instance, or to reflect other people's views and just, you know, to really emphasize the fact that these are my views and not what I believe to be absolutely right, but just what I believe to be the best way of interpreting something, for instance, and that other people do have other things that they can then say about, which is why also that quite often when I'm working on um, individual products or on my own, I will often quote other things that I've read or other opinions that I, I think are relevant to help sort of flesh that out. You know, so sort of working in collaboration with people in turn means that I, I think I feel I get a better perspective and better understanding of having other people's views in work that I then do on my own. Yeah, so I think the best thing about working in collaboration is the fact that you've all got a mixture of skills and experiences and you're all coming together to to bounce ideas off each other and depending on how many there are of you, like you may be dedicating certain roles to people you know that suit that that role better and suits their skills and it's just a very organised way of producing something really interesting. And I think that when you've got other people around you it's 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 easy to, to stay motivated, everybody's working together and you, all you want to do is is create the best work that you can do possible and that's that's just the goal that you've got is for everybody to be happy with the work that you've produced. Um, I think that's one of the best things about working in collaboration with somebody else. Not that you would you you aren't going to create the best work possible on your own, but when you've got other people that you when you're working closely with other people, it's like this huge force of creativity that that can produce something really 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 special. And I guess something that I've learned from from working in collaboration is to sort of view my own work from a different perspective, as if I, it wasn't my work, because you get so self-absorbed in, in a project or something that you're doing that you almost need to step outside the box and, and view it from a different perspective and actually be re- realistic and see whether an idea is actually what's necessary or what, what you should be doing. And um, I also think that one of the one of the most important things to learn from working in collaboration with other people is that often you become inspired by and you learn a lot from different ways that other people might view things and stuff and the way they might come up with ideas and the skills that they've got. You're not just working with each other, you're you're constantly learning from from the way that other people work and the way that other people view things. And that, that ultimately like inspires the the way that you work like as an individual as well i got a lot of notes for this one yeah i think uh, yeah there there were just so many good answers uh well to start with um campbell kind of did what we wanted to get going uh which is like relating science and creativity and how both can be like processed in the same way Mm. so i think that was just really interesting because we tend to see like both disciplines are like completely apart from each other when in reality when it comes to actually doing it it's not that different in the end you're just yeah you're just creating ideas and trying to like contrast them to each other to see if they work yeah i liked what he was saying about um the brain of the physicist and the brain of the chemist and and when we were thinking about this last week i guess we were thinking interesting to have a scientist perspective and an artist perspective and meld those together and you don't even I didn't even think about the distinctions within science that are going to be so like big like that's a way of seeing the world yeah scientific outlook so yeah the view of a physicist and a chemist yeah what interaction they have must be really productive Mm. in Mm -hmm. in science and well then moving on to uh, Lewis yeah um he actually mentioned like 
like his uh, personal approach to art and how like he he acknowledged that he can be very controlling mm. and that collaborating can be difficult for him because of that. And I completely relate to that. I'm such a like, yeah, I just want everything done my way. Yeah. Um. That's I guess that's also why I I don't engage in collaborations as much as I would like especially when it comes to writing and photography because I can do it like for radio and stuff like that but um, and obviously Quench is a big collaboration yeah. in itself but when it comes to like my work it's like I want to do it my way and I understand that yeah. that, is, yeah. that can be a weakness because in the end you can learn a lot more if you get out of your own mindset which also links back to what Moonrose say that um, you, you can get the, uh, the the art that you're creating can reach its full potential when, when you include someone else's voices and not your own. Mm. And it is something that I think a lot of people struggle with because, like, well, at least I personally am a very proud person and I'm like, I don't need help. I, don't, I can do my own exactly. art on my own yeah. way, you know? And I think a lot of people, and it's completely fine to do it, like, in the end, it is your project. Mm. But I think to an extent, it is so helpful to, like, force yourself out of that and be like actually I need another perspective I need yeah. to step back from from my own view and, and question at what I'm doing at some points like you don't even if it's not a collaborative project it's always useful to to focus on something work really hard yourself and then find someone you trust and then give it to them and like William was saying it allows for objectivity mm. So just to hear an objective opinion on what something you can get so wrapped up in. Yeah, other people provide a great... Yeah, especially because I think, like, uh, any artistic product... I don't like using that word because... Artifact. Artifact, yeah. Is, um, in the end, it is, um, like, a mix of emotions. Mm. So you, as the artist, are so attached to it that sometimes you can't see where it's missing or what what what's what's yeah. yeah where it's lacking so giving it to someone else someone that obviously like understands the effort that you went through to make it mm. can be really good because then it, it they are emotionally detached from it yeah. so they can help you see it from a different perspective and that is just so helpful yeah william saying on those projects it's that he mentioned how it's a, a goal for everyone to be happy the final project and I thought that's just so difficult and to just do that in itself is an impressive piece of art just to have like six people and everyone is happy with the final result that's impressive in itself and probably is the reason for collaborative pieces being so impressive is that yeah. is when everyone is happy with it and when all those fusions of people's emotions have tied up somehow in everyone being happy with it yeah I think that I think that about covers three yeah, they said it themselves very well. So going to question four now, which is about boundaries. Um, how have you negotiated boundaries in your working relationships? For example, if there are disagreements, how have you worked through them? And in the voice note I asked these questions with as well, I was talking about how you don't have to take boundaries specifically as disagreements. You can have kind of emotional boundaries and how much of yourself you want to lend to the project that you're working on together. And so we've had some of those interpretations too. And this is Almas. I think that no matter how accomplished you are or older you get or wiser you get, I think that actually negotiating boundaries is 
constantly um, a work in progress. I think negotiating boundaries is something that I've been working on, not because I necessarily want to get my point across, but because I want the working relationship to be positive and, you know, motivating, as well as making sure that negotiating boundaries results in that person that I'm speaking to also being heard. If there's disagreements, I try and address them really early on. I know that there's a flag that goes up in my head when something doesn't sit right. And so I kind of like to wait for a little bit, see how I feel, check in with myself and say, actually, you know, did you still feel, do you still feel the same as you did two hours ago? If so, why don't you just what's the best way? What have you learned from that person and how they like to receive information? How can you make sure that you're coming across in a way that is open to the conversation as opposed to, you know, saying what you want to say and then leaving it? Because, you know, you want the best from your people. You want the best from your team. You want the best for the project as well. Um, But it's definitely something that I've been working on. I think um, I found it really hard to be direct. And so if some, now if something doesn't make sense, I've got much better at saying, actually, can you explain that again? Or do you mean X, Y, Z? And once you repeat it back to someone, then you're crystal clear on what needs to get done. Um, and I found that being direct has saved me a lot of stress in the long run. I think the most important thing if you're trying to do a collaboration is to have fair division of labor to know what your roles are. So as long as you trust the other person you're working with, then you can just let them do what they are going to do, their assigned task, and you can just do your assigned task and it, you don't have to worry about anything. And it also means that you can't micromanage them because you've relinquished control entirely of their, their area. So you just have to let them do whatever they want to do. And also I think assigning roles is good. If you if you can have a kind of hierarchy of of command, who um, who is in control and who is the the person who makes the final decisions? Because the person who makes the final decisions is likely to be a lot more kind of conservative in their treatment of things, whereas someone who is lower down on the chain would be able to push the boundaries a little more. Partly because they won't have the responsibility of say having their name on it. The the kind of underdogs and the juniors are there to to push the envelope a bit and try and find new things to do. And then the more senior person gets to say no or yes. Uh, in terms of disagreements when working in collaboration, uh, I've always found this as a bit of a strange topic because within design you've got every... Let's for say example my class has 80 different designers in, all with 80 different styles, 80 different things which they think is the correct thing to do. So you're always you're always going to disagree, and then you've got four tutors who will probably disagree with what you want to do. So I guess to me, all I, what I always say about disagreement within design is that it's just two people disagreeing until one of them makes a compromise, or two people disagreeing until you can come up with a middle ground, because you're never going to fully agree on a design that someone else does because you are so attached to your idea. I think it is, it's learning how to do both, in a sense. It's You've got to learn how to disagree professionally, and you've got to learn how to understand that if you like it that is okay and if someone else doesn't like it that is also okay and it's also being able to appreciate even if you don't like something and even if you disagree with it you always have to learn to appreciate the effort that someone has put in in terms of boundaries i'm I'm quite flexible i think that usually the kind of projects that i work on collaboratively i tend to make sure ones that i don't want to just kind of keep to myself they have to be things that i think like I've said before, you know, I've got to benefit 
by having other people's input on, on there. And so the kind of the leniency that I then have for other people's views and kind of, you know, making sure those, those boundaries are kind of there to allow everyone to have their own say become more and more important. And in terms of how I negotiate those, usually I just try to be as friendly as possible with it. I've learned quite a lot uh, through some stuff I've done. I did, I did, I did a, 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 an award-winning show on, a, on Express Radio called Saturday Alternative. Um, I love Express, crikey. Um, um, they did an award-winning show on Express Radio, which was you know, the baby of myself and my fellow presenters, Freya Elsie and Amelia Jansen, uh, for the three years that we worked on it. And we learned a lot. <laughs> I mean, that's a royal we there. I learned a lot about working with other people and how to incorporate everything that people wanted to add to that show. And one of the things that we did with, with the boundaries that we had was that often we, we obviously kept in as much communication as possible. We learned to, once again, royal we there. So I learned to, you know, take a step back, I think, on certain things and kind of try and focus. If, if, if there was stuff that I really, really wanted to do, I tried to make sure that it was more focused, that we had more room for other people's ideas. In this case, it was like sort of the kind of music that we're playing, the kind of things we're discussing. And one of the things actually I did, we ended up doing for the second and third year of the show was to introduce sections, so like little features that everyone would have each week where we could kind of do our own thing, basically. So I'd, I had a punk song of the week, for instance. Uh, Freya had female artist of the week and then en- ended up being woman of the week, um, which was like a, a sort of showcase for female music, women in music and so on. And then Amelia had a section called uh, Producer's Pick, which was basically, because she was our producer, the idea was, you know, it was like her, what was her song of the week? You know, what was the thing that she wanted to play that week? And I felt that, that having those sort of specific sections meant that everyone could have something that they were going to do each week on the show. And then everything else could kind of be negotiated and interpreted as we needed it. Often we discussed the ideas for the show weeks in advance and we kind of put everything that we wanted to do on the table and then brought it all together in the planning stages. And the, the boundaries there really were just that we kind of let everyone have a fair share to, to you know, play music and kind of have their say and whatnot. So, you know, boundaries, in terms of how I've negotiated, there's not any specific way I negotiate, but there is definitely, I've been on a big learning curve for the last few years working in, uh, in media and learning how to actually respect other people's views and really bring them on there's a whole tangent we can go down there about how i was not that when i first started doing student radio but that's that's a story for another time i think well i guess to begin with i think there will be disagreements and differing ideas and i just think that's part of the natural process of collaboration but you just i i don't think you should let that stop you or make you feel afraid of coming up with ideas or giving ideas yeah, so and at the end of the day, you're there to work together. Um, so I guess it's about it's about compromising, and if you have got differing ideas on or opinions on things, then it's about working together to come up with the best sort of alternative solution. So, like an example from from my perspective is that at university we created our designed our publication, like end of year publication. Um, called Wave Publication, and that was with a class of about 30 people um, designing the publication throughout the whole year. And and it's obviously you can't you can't accept everybody's ideas, but also you shouldn't be afraid of like giving your opinion or coming up with ideas. But to be honest, there was no right or wrong answer with what we were doing. It was purely experimentation, and if there was a majority vote that something wasn't going to work and we didn't like it, then that would be fine. 
But then at the same time, if we weren't sure about something, we could try it. Um, if it didn't work, we'd scrap it. We'd find a different solution. So it was just a natural process of all everybody coming up with ideas, experimenting um, to create what was ultimately a really a really nice product at the end. So yeah, I guess the main sort of thing to learn from collaboration is or with disagreements is that you you're there to get you're there to do a job together and um, figure out and experiment with ways that you can work around it. But then at the same time, I think it's it's important to accept that maybe something that you, an idea that you do come up with isn't isn't the right one for the project. You shouldn't be stuck in your ways and be too attached to one of your ideas because um, ultimately it might not be the right one and it's important to um, to accept that sometimes. Okay, so that was question four. Um, I really enjoyed... Well, there was so many kind of like practical tips in that one. People really gave away what, what works for them and I think that would be very useful for people listening. Um, Almas talked about being trying really consciously to be calm and considered when you give feedback and to because it can like you were saying before it's your emotions going into projects so you've got to be really careful with any criticism that comes with it um yeah and she said as well being direct has saved me a lot of stress in the long run Mm. i really like that idea of just sorting things while they're there not letting it linger i was listening to podcast with uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt started a podcast about creativity. Oh, really? He's our rival now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we can I, really compete. No, I don't think so. <laughs> we should get him involved. I'll <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a really nice podcast with Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. Oh my God, that sounds amazing. Yeah, great, <laughs> what is this called? Oh, what's it called? It's on my phone. Um, <laughs> but in the podcast, they talked about, because they're a partnership that's worked together for like, how many years they've yeah. made loads of films together and they're basically like a, a yeah p- complete partnership it's called creative processing I'm gonna look it up yeah and um yeah they talked about how they have to just if they ever have a disagreement with each other it has to happen right there and then because mm. if they ever let anything to linger then it's just going to be a horrible yeah. situation they're not going to enjoy working together and so yeah to get it out when it's there but also to take pause and be calm I guess there's a balance there of not just being impulsive and be like I hate that idea but waiting saying mm. maybe we could do this instead but not leaving it too late also yeah um, I like what <clears throat> Lewis and, and said and it kind of relates to what you just said but he just had this phrase saying like disagreeing professionally yeah because exactly. i think a lot of people when they think about disagreement they think of disagreement in like the day-to-day life you know like oh mm. should we get pizza or should we get sushi <laughs> yeah. and obviously you can have a big fight about that and it won't really harm your friendship with whoever it is in the mm. end you just get pizza or sushi or anyone gets whatever they want <laughs> but professionally it's it's a bit more complicated and it has to be you have to do it differently because Obviously, um, the last thing you want is to affect the relationship that you have with the person. Exactly. So I think all these like little tips that each one of them gave are very useful to to, to understand how to do it. Um, yeah, in a professional way. So so you can get what you want, but also you you're able to compromise and you're able to to yeah basically cater for everyone. Um, 
I also like what Monroe said about having how in his radio show he had like different sections for each one of the participants, which yeah. I think is a very effective way of solving, you know, um, conflicts and just mm. giving each person a space of whatever they they wanted to bring to the show. Yeah, and Campbell had the same thing, even in a di really different format. He was talking about how when there's trust there, and that's quite a big if, but it's a, probably quite essential for collaboration that everyone knows what their roles are in a band. That's different to a radio show, but mm. it, it shows that kind of segmentation can be important and making sure everyone has a space to express themselves before it becomes a group project. Even within those group projects, it's useful. And I think, yeah. like, uh, another thing that I'm, I'm just thinking about right now is that uh, sometimes it is okay for there to be a leader You know, especially yeah. in music, I I feel like there are some specific bands like Queen mm. comes to mind, or even yeah. the, the Beatles, um, where there is like one specific person that kind of like makes choices for everyone, yeah, and they are okay with it. Well, okay, maybe those two examples they weren't necessarily no, okay with it, friends, yeah. <laughs> but I think there are ways of uh, because obviously there, there are people with different personalities, and there, there will mm. be people that have more of a leader. Yeah. kind of like personality and it's okay yeah. if, if the others are okay with it but it, it's just like it, it should never become like a um, dictatorship you know yeah like that's a really big responsibility I guess you have to see that role as, as leader not as being like more important than the others mm. but being on the same level as all the others you're just kind of the the end of the process like you are the as like Campbell was saying you say yes or you say no yeah and that's yeah I think the only instance in which it can become tricky is when, like, people start getting credited for everything. And yeah. I think that, going back to, like, Queen, like... If only they'd listen to artwork. <laughs> <laughs> Bit late now. <laughs> But, yeah, like, I think it, it obviously becomes unfair when, like, everybody was talking about yeah. Freddie Mercury or John Lennon uh, when, like, the whole band was doing something. Yeah. So I'm, In my notes for this, I've written about, um, you know, Brockhampton? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I'm yeah. in love with them. And Kevin Abstract is like, I guess he's the Freddie Mercury of that. But they've been putting out these documentaries on YouTube recently um, where they show kind of behind-the-scenes stuff mm. and how he is often the last guy to make decisions. This show also, I'm not sure how much of it is serious because they have some, like, skits in yeah. it and it's a bit... But I think he is the guy that makes the decisions finally. But it was really... It's really hard to figure out when you're watching how that dynamic works and how he can be that guy without everyone else getting mad at him because mm. like that it's just a big responsibility to play but like you say it's probably and like Campbell said too it's probably important to have I think once someone has a very specific you know idea or yeah. something that they want to create and like you transmit the idea to someone else and you want them to like join you on this adventure yeah. I think people respect that a lot so like in the end, like, you're still the creator of the idea. Mm. But then people are happy to come along and help you. Yeah. And then, because you are the creator, you can, like, gain a bit more authority. Yeah. And it is okay, because in the end, I think you are inviting others, if and that makes any sense. do what they want to do. Yeah, exactly. Within the framework, yeah. The, another music example um, is Rizza of the Wu-Tang Clan. He, apparently all the rappers of the Wu-Tang Clan, he kind of pulled them together and he was like right if we all want to be successful let's make a group you have to do what I say and you have to do 
he had a plan, like Riza had like a five year plan. Mm. He was like, everyone has to come on board and make these songs. He wasn't so controlling in the creative part, like everyone did their own thing and was their own artist, but he was like, we're going to make this album, then we're going to do this mm. show, all that stuff. And so everyone was on board with his plan for the group. And then after that, they all went their own ways and did their own mm. solo albums. And I think he's another incredible example of a, yeah. a leader in, in music. And I really want to watch the TV show that they made about the Wu-Tang Clan recently, but I don't know where to find it yet. Would have been great research for this show. I yeah. Think. But yeah. Yeah, leaders possibly needed. In, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And um, William as well, talking about how not being afraid to put ideas out. I think that's really important because when talking about disagreements, it's not just that the person raising the, dis- uh, raising the objection has to be careful, like Almas highlighted, but also the person who had the idea in the first place has mm. to be kind of graceful enough yeah. to not let their own attachment get in the way of a good project. Yeah, I mean, and I think that links back to the second question too, because when you're choosing who you're going to work with, I think to an extent you're also choosing them because you know that, they're first of all, they're going to be honest about the feedback, but also they're going to be sensible about it. Yeah. And I think that's why, that's why I wanted to emphasize so much the importance of having like an actual personal relationship with the person you're working with because that way all of this process, even if there are conflicts, it will be easier to go through them if mm. you actually have like a good relationship. Yeah. So, very short question. Yeah. <laughs> Dream collaboration? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Uh, this could be a specific person or just the format you've been thinking about working with. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just wanted to end the episode on a high. And I remember we did this with the first episode. We asked, like, what's your childhood memory? So I'm going to try and do this in the next ones. Like, keep just something, something light. And people really enjoyed answering this, I think. You can tell by the people are kind of sketching out their dreams. And I hope that some of these come true. Oh my gosh, dream collaboration. <gasps> There's so many people that I'd like to collaborate with. I'd love to collaborate with Madonna. I'd love to collaborate with Stormzy. I'd love to collaborate with, um, ooh, who else? Ooh, with um, Childish Gambino, Donald Glover. Um, I'd love to collaborate with Tina Fey. Um, the list is really endless. Um, I'd love to collaborate with... Skepta, I'd love to collaborate with Slow Tie. I'd love to collaborate with um I'd love to collaborate with someone like um Oxfam or ooh, I'd like to collaborate with like a massive museum or a charity organization. Anyone that is willing to take a risk and can trust me as a director, as an artist, can trust me to translate what they're gonna say especially for people that are trying to help the betterment of others. Um, I'm so down for working with. Um, yeah. Madonna's a good start, though, isn't it? <laughs> um, I'm trying to think outside of the arts as well. But I'd love to collaborate with Vivian Westwood. That would be amazing. Yeah. I'm kind of doing my dream collaboration now what I like to do when I'm working with someone else is work with someone who can do something completely different to what I can do so I released an album last month called Connor for John and I kind of did everything just about on that but when I was playing it live I wanted to have a full band of people so I got someone to play clarinet someone to play bass and someone to play drums and I'm 
very bad at clarinet and I play bass and drums completely different to the guys who play bass and drums with me. For example, Ben, who played the drums, is a is a jazz drummer or plays a lot of jazz drums and big band kind of drums, which is not my not my oeuvre. <laughs> and the next lot of live music I think I'll play will be with a different band or slightly different band with a singer and a saxophonist and the same bassist, Holden. But for example, Elvie, who's going to sing, has, you know, has a girl's voice and I don't. She can go much higher than me. She's got just a different kind of quality to it that I can't, I can't achieve. So that's really fun to hear those songs through a different lens. Same goes for Ben playing drums. I just said, you know, do whatever you think works here. And he'll come up with something different to what I would come up with and technically probably very better. Sam's an incredible saxophonist who can improvise doing, you know, over whatever chords you put in front of him, he'll come up with a way to link them together in a really nice way. He's got a really deep understanding of harmony, and um, which, I, which I don't. I come, I'm kind of fumbling in the dark. But that's what makes it so fun is that he's doing something completely different to what I could do. And I'm hoping with Conifer John, this project, each live band or each each live act that I do will be slightly different in terms of arrangement or in terms of people or something just to keep it interesting um, for me as much as for anyone else who might be paying any attention. For me dream collaborations was something I never used to think about because I used to be so much in my own bubble of doing my own work and the people that inspired me back in A-levels and foundation were people like Armin Hoffman and Wolfgang Weinhardt who are these modernist and postmodernist designers in the 60s and 70s who have very much embodied physical print and very much were the forefathers of graphic design as we know it. But ever since moving to university, I have been pushed to broaden my research horizons and focus on contemporary designers who engage and expand what graphic design is through both physical and digital format. And through this process, I found a man called Adam Murray, who, along with another man, who I can't remember his name, self-published a zine source publication called Preston is My Paris. And Preston, Preston is My Paris, which is quite hard to say, uh, is basically a candid representation of British people and British life. And through getting really engaged with this and doing a lot of research into it and trying to buy copies myself, which is quite hard now, uh, it also inspired me to create my own self-published publication, which I will hand-bind, print, and publish and hopefully launch myself called What About the North, which is basically my my own personal celebration of the north and the artists who live and work in the north all the way from glasgow to harrogate with especially a focus on the northeast which is where i've lived since the age of four and so i guess my dream collaboration would be to work with someone who has inspired me to do similar work someone who has inspired me to really get to know physical design and so I would say my dream collaboration is Adam Murray who created Preston as my Paris which I would really recommend trying to find a copy of and at least look on the website to look at the past issues because they're really interesting yeah dream collaboration that's oh absolutely crazy at the moment because I'm doing a lot of um writing I've I've just started to branch out a bit more um, into sort of doing interviews and pieces on artists and music that I'm really, really interested in. And I've just done a an interview this week with a man called Ellis Darby, who is this up-and-coming Welsh artist who I just... I saw him at, at Soon Festival this year in Cardiff, and I just fell in love immediately. I thought his sound is absolutely brilliant. And I was really keen, because he's, cause he's still quite new and he's not really got a huge amount of kind of content or information about him out there, I was very keen to kind of 
helps spur that on a bit because I'm very, very interested in seeing him develop, I think, as a musician and go further with that. So, you know, those those kind of like sort of more personal interview style collaborations are really what I'm aiming for at the moment. In terms of dream ones, there's so many artists that I would love to to have. There are plenty of artists that are, that are no longer with us that I'd love to have done. Uh, Donna Summer, David Bowie and Prince are probably the three that I, I definitely have loved to have done. And have like a, you know, cause just, just, just like a big one-on-one conversation, you know, about, about music, about life and whatnot, their kind of ethos. They're definitely three that I'd love to have done. It, speaking more <laughs> speaking more realistically, like at the moment, ooh, God, when you when you come to think of it, it's quite difficult to be honest. It it, it really depends on the what I'm thinking of the day, you know. Mike, Michael Stipe of REM, I'd love to just sit down and have a big, big chat about life with him. Caliuchis as well, who's I would really love to kind of discuss her tastes and her influences, because I think she's one of the most prolific and brilliant Latin music artists at the moment. She's bringing so much of that style to her kind of neo-R&B and neo-soul style. And it's so refreshing and she's such a talent, such an absolute talent. I'd love to do something with her. I'd love to do something with Alex Turner as well. I'd really love to just kind of pick his brains a bit and, and, and get to the, the bottom of, of not, not, not to the bottom of who he is, but, you know, just kind of just learn a bit about him as a person because I think, I'm, I think he's probably one of the most talented singer-songwriters that we have in this generation at the moment. He's, he's an incredible person. It's been Mac DeMarco as well, I think I'd love to do that. Yeah. Like I said, a lot of it really depends on sort of the people, whatever I'm thinking, whatever I'm in the mood for at the moment in terms of music. But, you know, those kind of collaborations are really kind of personal conversations I'd like to have with people and just to get a get a kind of perspective or scope for them on, on um, you know, what, what their views are on, on life, on music, on, on their music especially as well. Yeah, that's, that's, my, that's my, 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 my little set of dream collaborations, yeah. I guess for me, my dream collaboration isn't necessarily a specific person, but it's the idea of of having a team of people, a team of artists and creatives that that work together to create and design photo books and publications. And there's one there's one book that sort of inspired me to do this, which it was by an artist called Elias Redstone and published by um, Faden called Shooting Space, Architecture in Contemporary Photography. It's a book that inspired the way that I work today, but also inspired me to create and publish my own books as well. And um, the idea of a team working together, sequencing images, designing layouts, um, narratives, uh, covers, the whole sort of process of designing a publication really, really interests me. And um, the ultimate dream would be to work with sort of publishers as Thames and Hudson, Tashin and Faden, that sort of thing. And I think one of the reasons is because in a day and age where we're all sort of scrolling through our phones, looking at tiny, tiny photographs, tiny images on our phones. I think it's really, really important that we still sort of buy and look at physical products and physical copies of quality images and we don't sort of lose this sort of medium. So, yeah, I guess that's that's my ultimate goal, ultimate dream to to sort of publish and design photo books. 
it's not necessarily the only avenue I want to take within photography, but um, it's definitely a discipline that I that I want to continue and have within my career. Okay, so that was everyone's everyone's dreams laid out in front of us. Um, I really liked Will's approach at the end there, how he's talking about the arrangement that he wants and not just the people. Mm. I like that he's got like a framework. Yeah. And whoever he finds is going to fit into that. That's a good plan. Yeah, also, Almas uh, did not just focus on people she would like to work with, but also, like, places, like Oxfam. Yeah. So I thought that was quite different. I hadn't thought about that myself, but it is kind of a dream thing. What about yourself? How did you ever think about I knew this? you would ask yeah. this, and I was, like, thinking while I was listening. <laughs> um, what do you think? I think that... I had something, I had an answer framed in my mind and it's gone. Um, no, I think, obviously, like, it would have to be, like, something in between photography and writing because my, not necessarily my dream collaboration, but my dream job would be to be able to do my art, which is very much based in both photography and writing and obviously get paid for it. <laughs> that yeah. would be brilliant. But in terms of people that I would love to work with, with I think Molly Crabapple who I'm going to talk a bit more in the next one because I actually have a quote by her for the politics podcast um, but she's just brilliant she's a writer, journalist um, she's also an illustrator so she's a bit in the sense that she works with visual stuff but also writing and she's just very very like she's worked for um, I think Box um, the media company and also uh, I forgot the name of the other one. But yeah, she's just a journalist, basically. Yeah. And she's done a lot of documentary work, so she would be like a dream person to work with. Yeah. But also, I think, just musicians in general, because obviously as a photographer, like I would love to take photos of musicians. Um, Arcade Fire would be an absolute dream. Mm-hmm. Also, Falls, probably. Do you think of like where you do the photo shoot when you think of this? Not really. I just really? I found uh, the the Falls la- last album. The mm. the photography that is on the actual like physical album is amazing. So I looked up the photographers, mm. and I just fell in love with one of them because his work is amazing. His name is Alex Newman. Cool. So like even collaborating with photographers that have done like music photography themselves would also be really yeah. really fun. I've done a bit of music photography mainly in gigs and also like with the the artwork that I mentioned before. Yeah. But I've never really like been approached by a band to be like, hey, could you do this for our art? Like, I don't know, that'd be really cool. That'd be cool. Yeah. Um, and just digital stuff really because I think that's where the future is going. Mm-hmm. So just interactive uh, things that you can actually like interact with art that's like my main dream like yeah. to develop something that you can actually like click on stuff and then something happens and then there is this video that Arcade Fire did um, by this guy something Chris Milk he has a really funny last name Milk um, but he does a lot of BR stuff and this video that he made is basically like um, it's a you, you write down your address of the place where you grew up in yeah. And then it takes you to this, like, one of the the music music songs by Arcade Fire. Mm-hmm. And then it just shows you, like, Google images of the place where you grew up in. That's strange. It is strange, yeah, but it's really like emotional it. because the whole yeah. song is about growing... Like, the whole album is about... The suburbs is about growing up and growing 
old and realizing that things are different than you thought. So it's such an emotional process to see that video because it's with pop-up windows. So they just start popping up in your in your screen and it's like these streets that you grew up in and it's just actually mental. And yeah. I love that type of project because it's like, it engages with you emotionally, but it, it also uses technology in a very, very interesting way. Yeah. So if anyone listening to this is doing any projects <laughs> like that yeah. and need a hand, I'm happy to help. <laughs> what about you? Um... Um, at the moment, I'm trying to um, put together like some kind of mood pieces. I've made loads of like, instrumental music, so I want to find someone who does visual art and videos. And I'm gonna, I'm figuring it out my side of it first before I go to anyone. But yeah, I want to do some videos. Um, yeah, just make like a full experience out of it. And I've yeah. seen great uh, exhibitions where sound is involved with the pictures, and I'd love to be part of something like that. Um, yeah, loads, loads of dream collaborations. Someone asked me in a music-specific interview the other week, and I said, um, Brockhampton, because there's loads of different members, and I'd love to make one beat and then just hear how all of them sound mm. on that one beat. Yeah. It'd be incredible. But, yeah. I mean, I think we're really lucky in the sense that <clears throat> the time where we live now <laughs> is just so... Um, I don't know, it's just kind of very easy to become an artist, because I think... Yeah. We have technology, which obviously helps you push your stuff out there. Like we, with our own Instagram accounts, Facebook, everything, you can actually like mm -hmm. get some sort of like audience. Yeah. But also like just the accessibility that it is to create your own website or just your own stuff. It's yeah. just actually amazing. And I think a lot of people don't realize that until like later on in life. And I think the sooner you realize it and the sooner you start using it, the better because then Definitely. you start developing like new ideas and you start meeting people. I met so many other creatives through mm. the internet. Like yeah. it is, I, I think when I was living in Mexico, I didn't do it a lot because I thought it was sketchy. <laughs> right. okay. It might be sketchy here too, but for some reason <laughs> I don't care here. I may actually meet up with strangers from the internet. Sorry that if you're listening. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's really helpful yeah. and it's so many like I it's just like getting yourself out there and be like popping someone a message. Like I think that's how I approach you. I literally just yeah, sent you a message yeah, yeah, yeah. in my first year and I was like, I've seen your stuff. Yeah. I like if you wanna take photos together and yeah, let's yeah. do it. Which we haven't done no, yet. We'll do but we should. <laughs> Buildings. Yeah. I was thinking just before there's a, like a construction site outside. Yeah. I was wondering if you've done any pictures of that. Yeah. No, it's quite ugly. Cool. Okay. <laughs> I, I mean, you that, like, if you frame it in such a <laughs> way that I think, I yeah, think so. it could be interesting. But, but yeah, let's do a photo walk sometime. It doesn't appeal me at the moment. It's <laughs> quite <enough>. intimidating. <laughs> and on that note, I think it's time we wrap up. Um, that was episode four, collaborations. Thanks again to Express Studio for having us. I'm not even a student, so they're being very kind. Louisa is. Yeah. She's doing quench in this office. The new issue is out recently. Yes, it was out uh, a couple of weeks ago. So if you're in Cardiff, just grab a copy. Great work. Very nice photography, I've got to say. I should tell Charlie to join us, our photographer. I don't know. I have so many uh, yeah. people Let's that I should this. tell about this podcast. <laughs> but anyway, I need to yes. rush out. Yeah, so thanks for listening. Yeah, thank you for listening. Um, that was end of episode four. As usual, go to our website for more links for all the contributors. Um, thank you again to you folks. It was lovely to hear your voices through editing. Gotta say, there is a point where I do start to despise you all for umming, 
but then I get to editing my own parts and I realize I'm just the same. So all is fair. That's episode four. Look forward to seeing you next time. Have a wonderful Christmas if we don't hear from you before then. <laughs>